You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. I, uh, I just want us, don't, don't, don't disengage. Don't disengage from this, from God's presence. Don't disengage. Just ministry is going on. Ministry's happening. Ministry's happening. God is so good. God is so good. Could you just close your eyes right where you're at? Just right, right where you are. something crazy. It's been a secret for so many of you. I'm just going to expose this secret. Your heavenly father who loves you so much that he would actually give his one and only son's life for his blood to be shed so that you can have relationship with the father. He longs to meet with you. And when you meet with him, everything changes. How long has it been since you said, God of heaven, Jesus, I need you more than life itself. Come meet with me. My life is yours. I encourage you to say that right now in your own words to the Lord. I'm just gonna give a moment for the presence of God just to continue to minister to our hearts and seek him right now. Seek his face. Friends, we've been seeking his hand way too long. The things that he has for us, the list, the laundry list of stuff we want God to do in our lives. guys. He wants you to seek his face. And when you seek his face, guess what? You get everything in his hands. Seek his face. Seek his face. Press into him. Press into him. What father would ever turn away his child asking just to be with him, asking for help, asking to spend time with him? He wants his children to say, Daddy, look at me. So right now, I just want to do something. I feel like the Lord is is just wanting to minister and pour out his love and his spirit, even healing. Here's a question I have for you. Those of you who are watching in your room, in your house, in your home, it's okay to get up from your seat and just get on your knees if you're able. 
do you believe the Lord can heal you? That's a good question, isn't it? Do you believe the Lord can minister to you? Do you believe the Lord can take away your depression? Do you believe the Lord can lift whatever you are facing, whatever heaviness you're facing? Do you believe that? And if you do believe that, do you believe that God wants to heal you? <laughs> he longs to minister to you and give you everything you need in his perfect will. And so if you're struggling today, if you just say, you know what? I am, I'm, I'm in a hole. I'm in deep waters and I feel like I'm losing breath. I'm treading water and I just can't seem to get up for air. It's almost choking the life out of you. If that's you, I just literally, all eyes closed. When I'm looking around, I just, I wanna know, is that you? Just raise your hand. If that's you, all over the place, Lord, we, and if your hand's not lifted, you can, you can put them down. If your hand's not lifted, would you pray for the person beside you or in front of you or behind you right now who lifted their hands? God, you have not given us a spirit of fear but a power, love, and a sound mind. So Abba, Daddy, we need to experience your love. Give out a portion of your love right now to your children as they ask. A portion of your power, yes, power, dudamos, power, that changes lives. And God, would you guard and protect our minds. All anxiety, all worry needs to just die <laughs> in the name of Jesus. Those of you who are facing worry and anxiety and then the guilt and shame from worrying and being anxious, I wanna let you know, all you have to do is surrender whatever you're holding on to and trying to control. You know the measurement of worry and anxiety. Let me start over. The measurement to know if you're, wor uh, if, if you're trying to control something in your life. You will have anxiety, worry, and all kinds of care problems. When you're trying to control something that's not yours to control, you have anxiety. And that's why Jesus says, the word of God says, don't be anxious for anything. What it's saying is don't control anything that's not yours to control. You've been given a few things in your life to control. Dads, your control, your responsibility is to be a godly husband and a godly father and to be faithful in everything you do. Moms, wives, women, you are to be a pure, spotless bride before the Lord. You are to be pure in your ways and to be a godly mother and a wife. But everything else, all the people, your children, your future, your career, what other people are doing, your job, it's not yours to control. So you need to release that to God. If anyone is struggling with a job, you've lost your job, you hate your job, you're looking for another job, you need a job, whatever it is, just raise your hand right where you're at, right where you're at, all over the place all over the place. And please, friends, pray. If this is not you, pray. Pray that God would minister to them. 
When we're called to follow Christ as believers, we're called to give up everything. Being willing to lose everything. What are you trying to control that God may have you in a rough desert wasteland right now to prepare you for what he is about to do? Will you let him use this wasteland? Would you let him use your sour, bitter co-workers? Would you allow this waiting period to get you to your knees to seek the face of God and allow God to do the heart surgery he has for you for the next season? And the last thing I want to minister to is marriages. If your marriage... And it's okay if one of you thinks the different, uh, different than the other, it's okay. But if your marriage is not where you know God longs for it to be, will you raise your hand? Yeah. Oh, that just pleases God's heart. Just pleases the Father's heart. He just says, you know what? I've been waiting for you to acknowledge that. You've left me out. And I stand at the door of your marriage and I knock. If you would just let me in, I'll come. I'll strengthen you. I'll show you, husband, what it means to be a godly husband to your wife. I'll show you, wife, what it means to be a godly wife to your husband. You are a team, but you can't do it without me. Lord, minister to these marriages. Minister, God. Holy Spirit, just do what only you can do. The bickering arguments over just the minutia of life. God, would you just bring unity between our husbands and wives in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you, band. So good to see you. So good to see you. There's a couple things on my heart, but I just wanna let you know that the sermon has already been said. Brent already preached. And so if you missed it, you need to watch it again today. Because that sermon will change your life and how you worship God. But I just want to share something about obedience. Our Heavenly Father is so heartbroken and angry, frustrated over his church where we have put Sunday mornings, program, music, just the Sunday attendance over obedience. We come Sunday morning to recharge our batteries just to coast through the week. That's not obedience. That's called consumer Christianity. The word of God says that obedience is better than sacrifice. We're good at doing the Christian sacrifice on Sundays. We're good for paying for someone's lunch in the drive-thru behind us. 
No, it's all good. We're good for wearing the gospel t-shirts. We're really good at listening to 93.3 star. Really good at that. But to, be, to obey what God's doing, to be obedient to God's word, well, that's legalism. No, it's not. It's called sacrifice. It's called Christian living because Jesus did not say, if you want to follow me, go to church once a week. Listen to a powerful message. Check off the list your Bible study. Put on the Christian smile. Speak Christianese. He said, you must die. And you must obey me. And you obey by dying to self and picking up the cross. What is the cross? The cross is obedience. For the joy set before him, Christ died on the cross. He endured the cross obedience. It's better than any kind of sacrifice you can do or give or say. And friends, the revival movement, and when I say revival, it is simple. It's not a Christian term that can't be explained. It is renewal. It is life change. If you've been coming to Elevation for any duration, you probably have heard or you know or you've experienced that we want to see real people, authentic, genuine, not fake, real. Find real hope in Jesus. All my hope is in Jesus. Connected to real relationships. Going through real growth. Growth in learning to know God and to look more like him. And when we are connected, when we're real, connected to his hope, connected to real relationships, connected to real growth, we will see real life change. But revival, friends, did you ever grow up like I did where revival was all about putting up a big white tent and you go around your neighborhood and you find everyone who's sinning, right? Who's worse off than you are. And you get them to the tent so that they can get clean of their sin. Friends, that's not revival in the Bible. It's not. Test me. Test me. Look, look at it. Revival is not about getting the lost saved. What? Blasphemy. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a byproduct of it. Revival is a spiritual renewal or a fanning of the flame that is already burning no matter how dimly lit. Let me say that again. Revival is all about the fanning of a flame, increasing the flame, renewing the flame so it burns brighter and brighter no matter how dimly lit. The Church of America is filled with people who are smoldering in their lives. <laughs> I said it first service, I'm gonna say it again. 
So many churches are just flickering. Our church is filled with a bunch of flickers. You can think the dirty thought. I'm talking seriously. Fight the flesh, everybody. But guys, you need to understand that Jesus didn't die for a church just to be full of flickers. We're just flicking the lights. That's when outsiders come in and I don't want my life to flicker. I don't want to look like those flickers. I don't want that. I want to burn. I want something that changes my life. I want substance. I want life change. I want something that's going to heal my broken marriage, my broken life, my, my, my sense of loss and grief. Revival is taking the flicker to something that is full of the glory of God. That when you walk in the room, you fill it with a fragrance where everyone looks, what just happened? Obedience is better than sacrifice. God doesn't want your works anymore. He wants your heart. Write this down. You become what you behold. You become what you behold. You become what you behold. What you behold is what you open your life to. It's what you let in. Are you beholding the glory of God? Or are you beholding the crazy sports and school schedule of your kids? Sorry? Not sorry. Are you beholding Netflix? Spotify, Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter? Are you beholding that? Is that what you're letting fill your life? Because that's what you will become. In order for revival, the flame to continue to fan, and just so you know, revival's not just coming, revival's here. Renewal is happening here. And you know what? Here's the truth. And I, I say this with, with all sincerity. Some of you won't stay for it. Everyone has their own reasons. It just may not be for them, and that's okay. You have to go where you can plant and ground yourself and grow. But God is raising up a remnant. Not lukewarm Christians a remnant who want to behold the glory of God. Not just on Sunday. I said I wouldn't preach. So we're in this series called Resolving uh, Toxic, Resolving Conflict God's Way. And I want to just take a moment to thank thank Tim Burcham, his wife Emily, and his kids for teaching a couple weeks ago. Uh, Can we just honor him and thank him? In revival, what's happening, and some of you have just joined us in the last one to six months. I can't tell you the countless of people who have come just in the last couple months and said, God's sending me here because revival's happening. 
Who are you? Raise your hand if that's you. Yeah, there's a bunch in that room ministering to people right now that they came here just in the past six months because God said, get on your face. You know those people? Guess what? They're here three times a week on their faces praying for you, praying that God would show up with his presence. Three times a week. I wanna thank um, the three moms who were so vulnerable and came up here and shared their hearts. Sherry, Ashley, and Mandy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, My wife, we watched it live. And uh, thank you all for being so gracious. My family uh, had some wonderful time of rest and refreshing where the Lord just really bonded our family together. So thank you for allowing me to rest and have vacation as well. But my mother, my, my mother, my wife, I'm sorry, Lauren. Um, <laughs> hi, mom. Um, well, my wife looked at me and she says, you are to never teach again on Mother's Day. Because moms ministered to moms. Was so good. So, in resolving conflict God's way, we're just looking at how do we address the wall of conflict that is between us and God? Between us and us? (laughs) Me and me? Between you and the one you're looking in the mirror. And then between one another, believers alike and unbelievers. Because God says that by the way you live in your relationships, you either reflect that you are my disciple or you are of the world. And so we're trying to just dig deeper of what do we need to let go of? How do we forgive? Forgiveness is a decision, friends. It's not a process. In the next couple weeks, we're gonna work with what that looks like. How do we communicate? How do we handle tough situations? Forgiveness is a decision. Reconciliation and restoration can be a process. Some shorter than others. Some longer than others. But forgiveness is a decision. to no longer hold offenses of someone else's crime against you. Forgiveness is a decision to set you free from the prison of torment and to live freely, not bound by what others do to you. And so today, I want us just to look, we're gonna look at one passage in Romans 12. You can get your Bibles out now, turn to it um, on your phone apps. Romans 12, and we're just going to have a a discussion about this topic, healthy spiritual relationships lived out. This is God's expectation for everyone who calls themselves a Christian. This is God's expectation to you to have healthy spiritual relationships. How? How? Do we live that out? And so I can't think of a greater time 
God just knew what he was doing, and he brought my pastor from Pennsylvania. Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It's not Lancaster, friends. It's Lancaster. Lancaster, Pennsylvania, to come. And I can't think of a greater person to talk about healthy spiritual relationships. We've been brothers since 2002. And God has just blessed this man and his wife and his family and his church. And I just want to have a discussion today. And then uh, he's going to lead us in a song that he wrote. Um, So would you give, please join me in an Elevation Community Church welcome online and here for Brett Rush. (laughs) I love this guy. Like, Thank you, guys. If you look up stud in the dictionary... You will see Brett Rush. No, not yeah. <laughs> So uh, we're, we're brothers from another mother. Speaking yeah. of your mother, it's Becky Rush and John. They came yeah. all the way from Lancaster to Rush be with to us. Pennsylvania. Thank you guys so much. It's an honor to be here. It really is. I just, uh, um, yeah, Brett's been here um, several times. You were here in 2008 for our church plant, and then you came here a couple other times. And God's just been doing awesome, awesome stuff. And um, I just want to kind of share a little bit of background. So in 2002, I graduated uh, from college, 2002, and I was performing uh, at Sight and Sound. You have ever heard of Sight and Sound Theaters? If you're not, you're missing out in Lancaster, and now it's in Branson, Missouri. And I was performing there, and I was engaged to Lauren in 2002. We got married, uh, but we were so honored to be a part of this young-looking crew. Um, yeah, and uh, just crazy. Uh, we were working t- hard there to try to be cool, aren't we? We, we, we were oh just trying God. to be the Chris Tomlin bunch, you know, during that time. And that, uh, the church that he was leading was called Shiloh Tabernacle. It was a storefront right next to Dollar General. You know, I think it was the Lord's calling in my life to always pastor a church next to a Dollar General store. I mean, I just say it's this calling. So uh, the next picture, look how young we look. And you know what's really cool is you and Dawn look like you're in love, and me and Lauren look like we're in love, and we still are. Still are. Isn't that awesome? Going on 25 years. That's right, this year, 25 25. years. And he doesn't look 51, does he? Because he's not. He's 46? 46. 46. So, uh, man, I just love this dude. So, um, is there any other? Um, yeah, so that's us. That's uh, where I really started, actually, to pick up uh, a lot of the, the hand percussion and stuff like that. And we, we had a, a brother named Kurt Hockey. Uh, he was basically our worship leader, and uh, he met the Lord in a special way, but left us pretty empty and grieving. And, uh, but, uh, and then uh, the next slide, Brett has this amazing amazing anointing on his life to write worship music, him and his wife. And I still, I, I, I literally, I talk to God and ask him why your songs aren't in the mainstream yet. I, I really don't understand it, but that's okay because it's not about you and I know that. Exactly. And you know that as well. But uh, I got to join uh, Brett for the first couple albums, not the recording, but we did several tours and man, it was such a joy to do. But um, you can get most of his music on uh, iMusic, iTunes. Uh, Spotify, you can get some of his music. Uh, he, uh, he doesn't want me promoting him. He, he, he didn't even know I was going to do this. But I just, if you need something through the week, 
to build your faith. This is just another outlet. He does a word and a song on YouTube. Uh, and so he shares a song. A lot of times it's one that he wrote or uh, a mainstream song that's ministering to him. And he'll give about a five minute word. And, um, uh, and he's now a campus pastor of Victory Church. God's doing amazing things. And I believe that we're going to impart to you uh, what God's doing here and the revival, the renewal that you take it back. And then uh, he just uh, released a single. This song is phenomenal. He's going to do it as we're dismissed um, later today, but it's called I'm Letting Go. This couldn't fit our toxic series any better, or as my father-in-law, any more gooder, gooder. he would say. Um, So uh, I'm just so excited. And so, Brett, um, I want you just to share real quick, because I know that your upbringing, uh, you dealt, yes, Oh, oh, thank you so much. This is his good-looking family. This is Brett Dawn. On the right is Jonathan. He's the oldest brother. He is a dr- an animal on the drums. And then uh, Jordan, I remember him in diapers yeah. running around the church. Dawn going, Jordan, get over here, right? <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, Jordan and Jonathan. Uh, Jordan plays the piano. Uh, I, I watched last night, just my jaw dropped, it hit the floor. And uh, this is their family. Uh, Jonathan's getting married in 10 days. And uh, Jordan found a Christian girl as well, right? So um, your, your upbringing uh, caused a lot of frustration with you, with the church. And you saw a lot of toxicity within the church as a whole. Can you just share a little bit on that? Yes. Thank you, Phil. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> Listen, my upbringing, I I grew up in the Baptist church. How many Baptists do we have in the house? All right, beautiful. How many Pentecostals do we have in the house? You all know you don't like each other, right? I just wanted to make sure. (laughs) Amen. You got it right. So my upbringing, uh, I didn't, here's the issue. It wasn't until I I got a little bit older and went away to Bible college that I realized that not all followers of Christ were Baptists. So that was quite a shock. And then when I found out that Baptists didn't like Pentecostals and Lutherans and and, uh, Presbyterians didn't get along with any of us, so it it started to really confuse me. And I I was young in ministry, so uh, God birthed in me a, a heart to see unity happen in the body of Christ. We don't have to all be the same, but we should cooperate. We're on the same team, guys. You know, it's the same Jesus that we're preaching. So I, I planted a church back in 1998, and it was a non, well, we started off with inter. interdenominational. We used that term, interdenominational, but then we found out, you know, that interdenominational, that term offends non-denominational people. <laughs> so when we, then we, because we knew, I, I knew going into it, if I said non-denominational, all the denominational people would be like, why do you got to do that? So, you know. So you just can't win. But, we're, but we guy. want healthy spiritual relationships. And Pastor Phil already said it, that we've got to stop being a church full of flickers. And when people from, who don't know Jesus look in and see all these churches that can't get along, not even different churches that can't get along, people in the same church that can't get along, that's got to stop. We've got to learn how to live in healthy relationships. That doesn't mean there's not going to be conflict. That's a given. 
you're going to experience conflict. Jesus if, promises it. Jesus yeah. promises. He says, hey, guess what? I got good news. In this life, you're going to find a lot of conflict. Conflict and trouble. That's, that'll preach right there. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Amen. Oh. So, can we preach now? Yeah. Or do no. we have to keep doing this? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so long story short, we planted the church in 98. Ten years in, we merged with another small community church there in Quarryville. It was a beautiful thing. Ten years later... We, so we're celebrating three years just this past Easter with Victory Church. So we became a church, Quarryville campus. So we're one of six campuses that all work together in Lancaster County. Our heart and our vision is one church in many communities. And I love that. My pastor, Kurt Seberg, now back home in Lancaster, said, why, why are all these people coming to one location? We're getting too full. You're from Strasburg. You're from Quarryville. You're from Ephrata. You're from Lidditz. Go back and love your community." So that's the most beautiful thing. That, that was such a blessing for my wife and I because now we're part of a team. We, we pastored as a little independent church for so many years. We started to get pretty tired. Keep giving this man the time he needs to refresh and to Sabbath. Keep pouring that into him. He needs that, and he's going to need that from you. You're going to have to encourage him to do it because he won't do it unless you say, hey, go away for a while. Just so. say it with grace, please. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Don't beat me up. Say it nicely. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, um, what, what we're going to do is we're going to read, uh, I'm going to have Brett just uh, read Romans 12. I think it's one of the strongest scriptures that talk about how we are to live out spiritually healthy relationships. All over the New Testament, Apostle Paul is talking about unresolved conflict in the church. <laughs> All over the place. And uh, so I'd like for Brett to read this and and just as the Lord leads. All right, here we go. Romans chapter 12. Is everybody there? Yeah. All right, good. Verse 9. Don't just pretend to love others. I love that. Don't just pretend to love others. Let that sink in because that's what this is all about. Some of you are thinking, well, I think I know what love is. Because we're, we're still asking that question all these years later. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Hold on. I... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's all rooted Spirit and founded. That's right. <laughs> yeah, That's right. In love, because Paul's about to list all the ways that we're going to effectively and successfully love each other and live out healthy spiritual relationships. Don't just pretend to love, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy. Man, we have churches full of Lazy people, <clears throat> but not us, <clears throat> not us, amen? Three people said amen. Hey, it only takes three when two or two three, or three are, are gathered. gathered. <laughs> <laughs> Never be lazy, but work hard. Work hard. Everybody say work hard. work hard. 
Because if you haven't recognized that living in healthy relationships is hard work. So you got to work hard. And you got to serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. There it is again. Trouble's coming. You're either in trouble or you're coming out of trouble or you're getting ready to go into it again. <laughs> Woohoo! Trouble. Rejoice and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. Oh, and don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with who? Everyone. Just the people you like. And do all you can to live in peace with who? Everyone. No, just the people that say it like you like it. That say what you want to hear. Do all you can to live with in peace with Everyone. And do all that what? You can. Yeah. It takes two. There's another song coming. <laughs> takes two. It takes. Oh. <laughs> I wasn't thinking of that one. <laughs> it takes two. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. It, do, do all you can to live in peace. Yeah. With everyone. Here, let me, I'm going to say one statement, and I'm going to let Phil build on some of these points. Because we have to stop pretending to love everybody. You, some of you husbands, you need to stop pretending to love your wife. You need to really do it. You got to stop pretending. And it goes true for some of you wives, too. You need to stop pretending to love them. Parents, you got to stop pretending to love your kids. You say, that's a pretty awful thing to say. Then stop doing it really love them you need to stop pretending to love your co-worker we have to really love them and if we're going to do that choices lead everybody say this out loud choices lead choices lead feelings follow, feelings follow. it's not just the world sorry no go i heard go, you go 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 <laughs> It's not just the world that lets their feelings lead them through this thing called life. We're just as guilty of it. And you're not going to successfully live in healthy spiritual relationships if you let your feelings lead you. You have to let the truth of God's word lead you. This is the absolute inerrant word of God. It's alive and active, and it can change your life. You don't just read it, you submit to it. Choices lead. Feelings follow. And that's positive or negative. Because choices mean you have two options, always have two, at least two options. Am I obedient to what God says or am I going to follow my flesh? And when you follow the flesh, guess what? It leads to feelings. When you follow obedience and what God is saying, those feelings 
become to follow or begin to follow. Uh, Parents, I just need to say this, and I speak it to me and my wife as well. Loving your children doesn't mean giving them what they feel is right. Loving your children doesn't mean letting them do whatever they want so you feel good about being a mom or a dad. <laughs> Loving your children is about doing what God says yeah. is right. right. Train up your kids in the way of the Lord, yes. not the world. Yep. And when they grow, they will not depart from it. Amen. My boys are 21 and 18 now. And I look back, and here's what I, th- here's, here's what I can say. They still love Dawn and I, and they still love the church. I'm good with that. They still love us, and they still love the church. Now, did we always get it right? No. Because there was many a time, Pastor Phil, I should probably sit on your couch for this one, that I let my feelings dictate my actions, (laughs) and it didn't go well. So there are going to be times where your feelings, and here's the thing, you can't, we got to thank God for our feelings. He gave them to us. I'm glad I have feelings. Emotions are a gift from God. When my wife walks in the room, I feel all the feels. (laughs) I thank God for that. But when you let your feelings dictate your choices, you're going to get yourself in a world of hurt. Feelings are not right or wrong. Feelings are valid. Feelings. How you feel, what you choose to do with them is everything. Absolutely. Life is only 10% what happens to you. The other 90% is how you react to it. Your choices. You got to choose. When trouble comes, how you're going to respond. Choices lead. Choices lead. Feelings follow. Marriages, if you, if you want a transformation in your marriage, choose wisely. Choose love. Choose joy. Choose to serve. Yeah. Why don't you get ready? Uh, Brett, is, uh, many of you who have been with us for a while, uh, we haven't done it probably in a year or two, but there was a song that just we just loved and it's called wash me away anyone of you remember that wash me away wash me away uh brett wrote that and uh it's on one of his albums and uh you know i I, i'm just gonna say it i love his music needs to get in your soul and so we even have cds from days of old that he never sold uh leftover because he ordered too many so that's what i say uh but honestly uh my wife and i we still listen to his music and just play it in our house and our kids know his songs. And, um, it's good. So uh, his daddy, John, will be back there. So grab a CD, if not Spotify, iTunes. Um, but this song, Wash Me Away, I just want us to just worship, respond to God. But I just want us to remember choices lead, feelings follow. And I wanna just take the highlights 
the key themes of Romans 12. And I just want you to just ask yourself, just take inventory. What choices will I make this week in these areas? What choices will I make? Because the feelings will follow your choices. Don't let your feelings lead anymore. Have your feelings really truly ever led you to a really good place? Sometimes, sometimes. Love one another. Love one another. What choices do you have? You know, um, I've married quite a few people now, and I always tell them the same thing. If you make it your priority to outdo your spouse in honoring her, and you, bride, do everything in your power to outdo showing honor to your husband. Conflict will come, troubles will come, but you will grow stronger and stronger and stronger together. The world doesn't teach that anymore. It's meet your needs first. Meet your needs first. And guess what? If they become a stumbling block or they're getting in your way, just remove them. That's not how the Bible works. If they get in your way, you're to love them and serve them and show them honor. What choices in the next one? Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Not lazy. Friends, it's so sad to me that after COVID, Churches still are empty. You can get a really good sermon on any podcast. There are incredible churches you can watch online, and that's wonderful. Do that. But you can't get this online. You can't get this anywhere else where family comes together into the presence of God. You can't get it anywhere else. And so many people are getting disconnected and getting plugged into the ways of the world and they're drowning. If that's you here, if that's you online, heed the call. God is calling you back, not just to a church building, but to his heart and to his presence. The next one, rejoice in hope. Hope is not a feeling. Hope is something you are longing for. Hope is a by, not a byproduct. It is a component of faith. The confident hope of things hoped, or, or that the confidence of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Patient in tribulation, constant in prayer. How's your prayer life? Have you gone dark this week? If not, make it a priority tomorrow. Go dark. What do I mean about going dark? Look us up on YouTube. About four weeks ago, we did a series called Going Dark. Go dark with the Lord. Live in harmony with each other as much as possible with you. It takes two to tango. You can forgive and make the decision to forgive, but reconciliation is based on both parties and their ability, their ability 
to move towards each other. Guess what? There are so many relationships. There are so many former ex-spouses. You can't come back together. <laughs> it doesn't work because both parties, it's just, it's just we understand, but God redeems. God is in, this, in the business of restoration, but sometimes some things may not be restored while we're here on earth. I, I, I don't know how that all works. But just know it takes two, but God is calling you to do your part, whatever it takes of you to be at peace. Maybe you need to text someone and just say, hey, if I have ever offended you, I'm asking you to forgive me. May take just saying, hey, you're on my heart. I know things didn't go well, but I just want you to know you're on my heart. Whatever God is leading, you need to obey. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Let's just let this minister to you as we let God wash us away. Dawn, would you come up? <clears throat> this is Brett's wife, Dawn, and she can worship. Come on, uh, just grab this mic right here. She's going to worship with us. Would you all stand? I want you to receive. I want you to receive. Receive, receive, receive. Wash away all the sin that stains my life. Wash away the thousands. Hello. 
single day so every hand in the house as high as you can lift them this says more of you Jesus less of me say I'm uncomfortable lifting my hands oh that's good so am I but this is an act of worship and this is declaring This is an act of obedience that what I'm singing and praying is what I really mean. Wash me away. Wash me Thank Brett and Don. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly Impact Bible Study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.